0: Welcome to the Enneagram 2.0 podcast. I'm Beatrice Chestnut.
1: And I am Uranio Paes.
0: And we're very happy you joined us for our first episode of Enneagram 2.0.
1: Yes, our inaugural podcast. I'm very excited, Bee. What about you?
0: Yes, I'm I'm really glad that we're uh, launching this new venture to bring more Enneagram out into the world.
1: Yeah, and we definitely hope that you'll benefit and enjoy your experience, your Enneagram 2.0 experience.
0: Our intention is to talk in this podcast a little bit about ourselves, to introduce ourselves to you, if you don't know us very well yet, our work with the Enneagram and the content we're gonna be presenting in the coming weeks.
1: This is why we're calling it our number zero. And let's get started then.
0: Yes. I know when I'm first meeting someone in the Enneagram world, I always like to hear how they first came to the Enneagram, how they discovered it and what their experience was. So maybe we could both share our origin stories. Okay. I know that both of us have been studying the Enneagram for a pretty long time. Mm -hmm. Um, I learned the Enneagram in 1990, and I think you learned it pretty shortly after that, right? Like
1: 1996, actually. Right, right. So, how did
0: you first encounter the Enneagram?
1: Well, I had a a student of mine because I was already working as an organizational consultant by then. A student of mine in Brazil, because I am Brazilian, and I come uh, come from uh, São Paulo, but I was teaching actually in Rio de Janeiro at that time, and a student of mine uh, just commented that she worked with the Enneagram, because I was talking about styles and personalities using some other system, uh, which is not very well known. So, she said that, and I got interested in the things that she said, and I went... To read, you know, a few books. The first book I read was Helen Palmer's, which was in Portuguese, my original language. Uh, so, excuse my English, by the way. I think we're going to do a few funny things, like be correcting my English while we talk here on the podcast, right, B? Right. Yeah. Okay. So I got to know it through uh, that student and uh, then through a book and then through workshops, local workshops, through a very good teacher in Brazil, Rasili. And then eventually, you know, started studying quite uh, a lot of it and reading, which has to do with my Enneagram type and subtype, (laughs) while I was uh, just starting teaching it in a few places. Mm -hmm. especially in business, because I come from this business and management um, background.
0: And did you know right away that you were a five? In my case, yes. (laughs) It was pretty obvious, eh? (laughs) Yeah, you know,
1: actually that student uh, that uh, I first talked about the Enneagram uh, to uh, told me that um, about five and then I said, hmm, I think this is me. And (laughs) then when I read the first book, Helen's book, I, I was, like, really surprised, you know, that one of the reactions people sometimes have is, does this author know me? <laughs> right? Yes, oh, how
0: did this person get inside my head? Yeah, yeah, and
1: my heart and everything. So I, am, um, I was, you know, pretty shocked with what I read. And uh, it was very obvious to me from the beginning that the Enneagram talked about something truer, Than what other models talked about. I actually felt ashamed that I had been using that other model (laughs) (laughs) that I was teaching. Mm. What about you, B? What's your story? So
0: I came upon the Enneagram kind of by accident. Uh, A good friend of mine uh, from junior high and high school, his father was one of the first Enneagram pioneers. Yeah,
1: who became a very beloved teacher for you and me.
0: Yes. Both of us were mentored by David Daniels, Dr. David Daniels, who was a psychiatrist at Stanford. And uh, I was just at dinner one night at the Daniels house, and Dr. Daniels was sharing his passion about the Enneagram. Uh, He described it as his life's calling, which was a little bit unusual for a Stanford psychiatrist to be interested in something at that time relatively unknown, uh, something called the Enneagram this ancient symbol. Uh, But he said he thought it was by far uh, the best growth tool that he'd ever encountered. Mm. And so that got my attention right there. And I took Helen Palmer's book home with me and he had suggested I might be a two. So I read the type two chapter and like you, I was absolutely shocked at how accurately it described me, all these details about who I was. Uh, it, it was right there, uh, in very clear terms, even things that I didn't really like about myself that I probably wouldn't admit, had have admitted, uh, were right there in black and white.
1: And did you admit them right away?
0: <laughs> well, I had to think about it a little, bit. <laughs> while it took a little bit of work to, yeah. to in, in self encouragement to, uh, admit them to myself, but it was incredible. I immediately saw how helpful it was because yeah. it was almost as if it helped me see blind spots and parts of myself I really didn't want to see and own
1: in a way that was very good for me to, yeah. to, to admit. In my case, it's not that I didn't, didn't admit. But actually, I was more intellectualizing what I was reading. Uh, you're a two and I'm a five on the right. Enneagram. So it's similar to your process of admitting just uh, slowly.
0: Yes. And I think it's really important to say maybe right up front that when you do find your Enneagram type, it, it's not always a completely positive experience, right? Some... If it's
1: taught the <laughs> right way.
0: Exactly. If you're being really honest, if you're really finding your type... It shouldn't be 100% good news, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and a friend of mine calls it the ick factor. <laughs> uh, it's kind of hard and vulnerable to read certain things about yourself that maybe uh, are things that are in your shadow. You know, the part of you that you don't fully want to uh, recognize in yourself because it doesn't make you feel so good.
1: Yes, and I'm so happy Bee, that the newer generations nowadays are more open to this kind of approach of looking inside and going a little deeper. I do think that there's a a real hunger these days for
0: people to gain more self-knowledge. And I think that's part of why the Enneagram is, is... really exploding in popularity yes right now yeah definitely in the u.s but i think in some ways are all around the world
1: places like we are right now recording this very first podcast in egypt cairo one of the cities we teach in uh we teach all over the world so it's so exciting to be how to see and witness how this is happening
0: Yes. And I think Egypt is a good example of a place in which just in the last few years, there's been a huge increase in Enneagram work and Mm -hmm. different teachers coming here to to share ideas. And in fact, uh, you know, one of the things we've met so many different people here. Uh, and so it's it, it's a great example of how in different places all over the world, the real enneagrams really catching on, yeah. which is another reason why I'm so glad we're doing this podcast, because yeah. I think uh, we can speak more about our intentions. But I know that for us, it's really about sharing our work, sharing our views on the Enneagram, um, helping people take whatever Enneagram studies they may be doing to a deeper level.
1: Yeah, I think nobody wants anymore uh, more of the same right and people study and get information of all kinds right now uh, through the internet and different channels so this is one of our objectives i guess here on enagram time 2.0 podcast uh, it's not to do more of the same it's to bring in some very interesting discussions, sometimes controversial topics, and to make people think about themselves, not only in positive ways, but we also want to have fun, right? Exactly.
0: And I think it's for us, and and one of the things that's great about the fact that we work together, is I think we're so aligned around Enneagram theory and high-quality Enneagram work, and, and making sure we're always applying the Enneagram in ethical ways, in ways that really work, uh, but that we're also very complementary in our skill sets and mm-hmm. our personalities and yes. our experience. Uh, and so I think that we share a, a really a sense of mission around helping uh, really high-quality Enneagram teachings uh, be communicated to more people. Because I think the Enneagram is, can actually be a little bit dangerous, right? Mm-hmm. When people use it in ways, and sometimes completely unintentionally, they get excited about the Enneagram, and they may not recognize, they, they just may not know when they're taking a shallow approach or, or you know...
1: Reproducing some old concepts uh, that came from you know books that are not updated or you know you know not understanding really what each of the nine types are about
0: right right yes and there's so many dimensions to the system there are centers of intelligence there are the types of course there are subtypes and instincts Mm. and the 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 what the diagram says about growth itself mm-hmm. like the arrow lines and the right. wings yeah. and, and
1: yeah. it's all about transformation not only yes. you know just talking about our personalities exactly. it's you know when we study the nine personalities it, we study more who we are not and then who we can be become right and uh this has to do with psychological and spiritual development which many people are interested in right now given the the things that happen in the planet
0: exactly exactly and i think i think both of us agree that the enneagram is all about growth and transformation that you need a good you need good information about the enneagram as a map uh but but the information is not necessarily important in and of itself it's Mm it's vital to the degree that you apply it in your life and that you use the tool for transformation. Right. Right. And, um, and not as an excuse or something like that. Like, Oh, well I'm, I'm, I'm a two. And so I do it this way. Mm. It's like, no, you're a two and you need to learn about the way, the way you are so that you can develop much beyond that. Because as we know, We are not our personalities. We're much more than our personalities, but we identify with our personalities. And And
1: sometimes we justify what we do with our personality. Or I can look at you and say, you're doing this because you're a truth. Right. Like accusations. Yes, exactly. It's the same.
0: Right. So what we want to be all about is helping people understand the Enneagram and how to apply it, both in terms of, Cutting edge theory. I think one of the things that that we talk about a lot is how you know that there's so much to the Enneagram. There's so much encoded in it, and it's we're really evolving our understanding of it right now. I think we only really understand a very small percentage of Mm -hmm. all that that the Enneagram contains. Mm -hmm. And so part of what we're dedicated to is the continual unfolding Mm -hmm. of new information, of ways to understand uh, what is communicated by the Enneagram in ways that are usable and accessible to support growth and development.
1: Yes, exactly. And it's an ongoing exploration And yet, it feels like, you know, so much has already been revealed with what we have studied so far. And I want to mention, B, that when we decided to call this the Enneagram 2.0 podcast, and also we have a workshop or a retreat called the same way, uh, this is because we see that as the upgrade of what you and I used to do many, many years ago. Like we need to get really updated in new theories and in new ways of teaching. And I don't know you, but on one hand, I'm very happy that the Enneagram is spreading around uh, the way it is. Uh, but also a little concerned at times with things I, I read uh, on the Internet, mainly and in social networks. Because at times people don't really know what they are talking about.
0: <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. So in part, we may be here to correct the record at times, <laughs> right? And to challenge some ideas yeah. that we may view as shallow. And to that to that end, I think our intention is to always be very respectful.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not about people.
0: It's not about people. It's not about uh, not respecting other people and that everyone has a right to their opinion. Uh, But in light of some of the opinions that could put out there, and sometimes in a very authoritative tone, uh, we're here to present our views, to challenge views, and again, always with uh, intention to... Promote the best possible use of the Enneagram, never to say that we're the owners of the truth, never to criticize anyone else. That's never going to be our intention. Mm -hmm. Um, But we do want to um, say when we think there's one approach that works better than another approach.
1: Yeah, it's our opinion and our experience. We're not saying, as you said, that we are owners of the truth. And at the same time, I think we have a duty to the Enneagram, and when I say we, it's all teachers, uh, to bring in you know, what we really think about and contrast, you know, compare, because we are here for the sake of something bigger than us. You know, the, the Enneagram at times just feels like a heritage of humanity and an unfolding thing, and not exactly an invention, but rather a discovery of uh, bigger truth.
0: Right. And you said the responsibility of Enneagram teachers, which I think is large. And I think a big part of that responsibility is also walking the talk. So in other words, if you're someone who teaches the Enneagram or someone who takes an active role in promoting the Enneagram, it's very important that you be using it on yourself. Right. And I know that you and I are dedicated to that and we will be using ourselves as an exam as examples and telling about our own work.
1: Yeah. And our relationship as friends exactly. and coaches, yes. which is also a source of learning. Mm, always. Um,
0: but I also want to mention, I think, the responsibility of Enneagram enthusiasts, because um, I think we also want to suggest that Enneagram enthusiasts have a responsibility to be looking at the sources of the Enneagram information they're getting and talking about. And always, if they're dedicated to the Enneagram, to really be understanding what the information is they're getting, where it comes from, uh, so that they can also play a role in in encouraging the best possible uses of the Enneagram. And
1: honoring the system that is not only deep and useful, but also sacred. Um, Now, on the other hand, you and I are not at all against uh, spreading the word and making it more popular and reaching out to all audiences.
0: Right. And that's happening in such exciting ways today. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of people who follow people on Instagram, people are talking about it in very innovative ways, like songs that are being written (laughs) about the Enneagram. To me, I think it's, it's, it's wonderful to see that. Uh, But I wonder if, especially if people are new to the Enneagram listening to this podcast, I wonder if it would be good to talk a little bit about what we see as the purpose of the Enneagram or how Mm. how the Enneagram can really help people. Like, why be interested in the Enneagram? Mm, What do you think? Well, I think that the Enneagram of personality has ancient roots. That's my opinion. Not everyone shares it, but I think it comes from... Well, we don't really know where it comes from, but it's probably thousands of years old. I believe it came through Egypt, which is one of the reasons it's exciting to be here and to be coming here a couple of times a year,
1: every year. Teaching with our friend Abdurrahman.
0: Yes. Uh, and It's very old. It's very ancient. It has deep roots in, I think, some of the world's most treasured and... most wise uh, philosophic traditions, wisdom traditions Um, but I think it's probably the best tool available for really helping people wake up and a lot of the the core teaching behind the Enneagram that that comes from say Gurdjieff who was an Armenian mystic that lived at the beginning of the 20th century end of the 19th century uh, and who taught us a lot of what we know about the meaning of the Enneagram symbol itself and a a program of self-work connected to it and which we'll be referencing as we go forward and hopefully clarifying for people Uh, i think one of the things that it's always important to remember is that that in a way we are asleep it's just part of the human condition that we think we're awake and conscious as we go through our lives but actually we live in a kind of waking sleep we We have kind of mechanical habits. Uh, We're machines, as Gurdjieff said, but we're special machines because we're machines that can wake up and realize that we're machines, which is part of the human purpose, I believe, uh, is uh, awakening to our higher capacities. And I think the Enneagram helps us see that in ways that almost other I, no other tool i can think of really does in quite the way it does
1: yeah 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 and um gurdjieff would call the nine personalities uh, as man machine states of the heart and the mind uh, ways that we have limited ourselves um, to a much bigger spectrum of uh, life and possibilities uh, he would talk about the possible evolution for men, but the very first one is to become human. And then, after becoming human, we need to become spiritual. Right Now, I do think B, that um, it's totally possible to have a sound and deep um, um, inner development without the Enneagram. I think that many people do it when people do very good level psychotherapy and also spiritual work. Now, why the Enneagram is useful? I think it, as Helen Palmer used to say or says still, uh, it names the main obstacles Mm -hmm. uh, for us to get there. And I see that it serves as a tremendously useful shortcut in our quest, You you know, this Sacred work of inner work is the most difficult one of all, and it takes a lot of time. And sometimes it feels like a lifetime is not enough. If we don't get shortcuts, we won't get too far.
0: Yes, I'm a psychotherapist by training. Uh, I worked with the enneagram for a long time as a psychotherapist. And Mm -hmm. if you think about someone who starts a, a, a journey of trying to understand themselves at a deeper level it's like, where do you start? You know, Even if you're smart enough to go to therapy, to start uh, you know, being supported in your process of self-development, it can take a while to find, okay, how do I go from what I'm experiencing in my daily life to the really important key things that I need to be paying attention to, that I need to understand about myself to really grow. And I think the Enneagram just shines a light Mm -hmm. on habitual patterns Mm -hmm. that tend to be invisible because they started early on as a coping strategy in childhood and they become so familiar and comfortable and so habitual that it's like the air we breathe. We just don't see it. And, it, it, we, just, and we don't realize that other people have other worldviews completely mm-hmm. different than ours, which exactly. is why we can come time, sometimes think, why is that person seeing this thing so differently than I am? And I think the Enneagram uh, provides an incredible guide to helping you understand here are the patterns that you've gone to sleep to. Which, are, which function a bit like a kind of programming. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like you're programmed in certain ways and it's your programming so you don't see the programming and you don't recognize that you operate according to kind of a default mode and that what you really need is to understand more that that's what's happening and that, the, that default mode is a kind of self-limiting system. And that you're that you're limited in ways that you don't see. But once you see that, and in the, in the enneagram helps you see that, you can grow much beyond that.
1: Mm, yes. So I definitely agree with all you've just said. Uh, I think it's it's something so beautiful uh, to see how people start um, their journeys uh, inside. Um, when they get to know the Enneagram. I think it's a very good start because of its very big uh, precision, accuracy, yes. and also depth. Now, I also see how much it helps people who have already been on a path. And when they get to the Enneagram, they focus more. So, the Enneagram is a way to know what comes next for in our development in general but also per type we have nine types on the enneagram enneagram actually comes the word comes from the greek ennea is nine and gram is drawing or symbol so the symbol of nine and you mentioned gurjief one of the things i'm really excited about is our studies to try to combine the more ancient enneagram of uh, the process enneagram as we talk about yes. with the personality typology that most people know about nowadays. Yes, and these are two very important dimensions of the enneagram that have been put apart. It actually disturbs me that people who know the nine types don't go study Gurdjieff and all the brilliant work he did, uh, or simply don't know enough. Um, and while many Gurdjieffians, so so to say are against the typology, thinking it could never work. And it's like, I don't know it and I don't like it much, you know?
0: (laughs) Yes, exactly. And so I think that's one of the things that we're really going to focus on doing a lot is talking not only about the nine types and the subtypes and the different aspects of the personality Enneagram, but also talking about the Enneagram symbol itself. Gurdjieff said it was a symbol of perpetual motion. He said, if you know how to read the Enneagram, and of course, almost no one does uh, today, um, it makes books and libraries entirely unnecessary. Yeah,
1: yes, exactly. And he said it's the symbol of all and everything.
0: Right. So we'll be exploring that as well. Uh, We'll be exploring all the different dimensions of the Enneagram that help people understand the symbol and what makes it such an effective and powerful uh, system, Uh, and also the specifics of the Enneagram types and subtypes and why people do what they do.
1: Yeah, and um, at the same time, we will be very practical and talk about very interesting things, mainly relationships and, you know, how those nine types play out in the world for each of us.
0: Let's do a short break.
1: If you like this podcast, visit www.cpenneagram.com for much more great Enneagram content.
0: The Enneagram 2.0 podcast goes live
1: every other Thursday on all main platforms. Stay tuned to learn more about yourself and others. Have you already subscribed for B and Yaranyu's YouTube channel? Go to YouTube and search for Chestnut Pies and click on like and subscribe.
0: This is the Enneagram 2.0 podcast. I wonder if it would be good to share a little bit more about our backgrounds and especially how that's led us to the work that we do today with the Enneagram through our Enneagram School, the Chestnut Pious Enneagram Academy, and our online platform, Chestnut Pius Online, just so people know a little bit about who we are, just so the person listening can understand where we're coming from and what experience we're drawing from that we'll be speaking about in this podcast.
1: Right, Uh, so you said you're a psychotherapist um, and I come from business and management uh, backgrounds. Um, Now, I worked as an organizational consultant for 20 plus, 25 years in my life, but the Enneagram pretty soon became really central in all I did. I started studying it more than anything else and then I went to the US, started studying with, you know, the authors I used to read Um, and eventually I was working only with it as an an organizational consultant. Then I um, started teaching, uh, you know, Palmer Daniels trainings and other trainings of myself that I started developing, you know, things that started unfolding sometimes intuitively and connecting the dots and you know different things that i was getting in touch with because together with the enneagram i started my inner quest in different uh, wisdom schools i stayed for quite a while in in a school doing different kinds of meditations then i was part uh, a student at a gurjifian school then i spent a few years also doing sufi studies so it's always being something connected to deep work with me Uh, now I do think that um, that led me to be in partnership with you because we have a very similar vision that this is all about transformation and on Chestnut Pies Enneagram Academy we are all about that so we I think that in different ways you and I are we don't really want to do workshops or retreats. We want to do processes of development to facilitate uh, our students' uh, development.
0: Well, we do want to do workshops and retreats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what I mean is not only, not only something yes. you know
1: lost in time in one period, it's yes. just processes of development. And this yes. is why we have created our new school, in which we teach together, bringing together different, um, you know, contributions that you and I have, um, and we have what we call the personal mastery program and the professional certification program, with different retreats and workshops together, but also with colleagues of ours who do coaching and mentoring individually and different kinds of studies.
0: Yes, I think we're to say it in a phrase. I think we're. Very dedicated to helping people take their Enneagram work to a deeper level mm-hmm. personally and also helping professionals who teach the Enneagram, who use the Enneagram in whatever professional practice they have often therapists or coaches, you know, leaders, people who work in HR organizations. Um, to take their Enneagram work mm. to a deeper level. So yeah, it's,
1: to... all, it's a lot about the next step and the next level. Right.
0: And I started off actually in academics. And then because of the Enneagram, I decided to go back to school and study psychology and become mm. a psychotherapist. So I, I knew the Enneagram before I learned psychology. And I, and I saw everything I learned through the lens of the Enneagram. And I came to see the Enneagram as almost a grand theory of psychological and spiritual development. And uh, after becoming a psychotherapist, I gradually kind of migrated toward doing more coaching and business consulting. So you and I share that part of our background, although you you were an organization development consultant for many more years than I was. Uh, But then gradually started doing more workshops, especially after I wrote uh, my first book, The Complete Enneagram. Uh, and then the second book, The Nine Types of Leadership. And so now um, I'm just really thrilled to be uh, doing more and more of this deeper work with people, both just in their personal lives, helping them understand themselves at a deeper level, helping them further their growth journeys, uh, but also helping therapists, coaches, and, and other kinds of professionals learn to use the Enneagram with more skill and confidence. Uh, And so, you know, that's what we're deeply dedicated to. And I think another thing that we are also doing at the same time, which supports all that, is developing more Enneagram content, uh, really developing the theory. And, And I think sometimes because the Enneagram hasn't really been an academic discipline, sometimes what's happened in my experience, and you tell me what you think, is that, you know, there's a good teacher out there or people develop a piece of theory and they just kind of stick with it. You know, they've got a good course and you know, they're having good, good experiences with people coming to their classes. Uh, and they just sort of stay there because again, it's not really an academic discipline. It's not always about moving things forward. It's more about like, okay, I'm doing something that's working. Let's stick with this. Whereas I think we come with a real developmental mindset when it comes to the work itself, the, the, the use of the Enneagram to further inner work, which is what we're all about. And so I think that's part of what we'll be doing is really focusing a lot On how to apply the enneagram in in new ways, if those new ways work better, how to understand the enneagram symbol itself, the types, the subtypes, the instincts, how everything fits together, uh, and 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 really challenging maybe old ideas that we might think are outmoded, or Mm -hmm. just that there's better ways and better approaches, and because after all the Enneagram map is only as good as it is when it's applied it's not just about description or diagnosis it's about um, using it in practical ways to transcend your personality to manifest your higher potentials to really develop higher consciousness yeah
1: yeah that's what it is about and uh, sometimes I think you here who's uh, listening to us now Uh, will see us discussing aspects in theory. Not necessarily we will be in total agreement, although we agree pretty much in, you know, the vast, vast majority of things at this point. But B and I try to stay being explorers of this system. And uh, I think, B, that conferences that exist everywhere uh, help Enneagram conferences, wherein people and teachers share knowledge but i'm particularly um, excited with the possibility of the internet becoming a a channel for uh, good exchanges and not only shallow things that we sometimes see more now i think it's it's useful also to say when it comes to our biography that both you and i uh, were um, the uh, members, board members at the International Enneagram Association, actually for six years and together. We oh, got to know each other. That's how we met. Uh, actually, you you became president for two years and I was also president, global presidents, for uh, other two years. Uh, and we we had an opportunity to see how the Enneagram could grow all around. Now... Uh, as, as I said, Bea, I am from Brazil, from São Paulo. Uh, although right now I live in London with my wife and kids uh, since just two th- thousand sixteen. And you are from
0: San Francisco.
1: Nah, I live. We were born in Palo Alto, though. No, I
0: was born in Palo Alto. I live in California. I've lived in California most of my life, mm-hmm. uh, and and so yeah, I'm from the United States.
1: So and it seems that. Uh, you actually attended uh, the uh, enneagram conferences from the very first one
0: yeah there was the first real enneagram conference happened in 1994 and i was there for that so yeah. i've been ar- i've been around the community for a long time and i think what's really one of one of the things that i think we feel really strongly about is creating a sense of community and i think that's one of the things we're trying to do with this podcast and one of the things we try to do in our work certainly with our enneagram school so so yeah so we I, I I think that you know we've developed a real friendship through our dedication to the enneagram and through our common vision of using it uh, for to promote hmm. uh, greater greater awareness in the world.
1: Yeah, and it feels great that we are not just uh, business partners and co-teachers, but we are also friends. Yes, and first friends.
0: And I think that we share a very. Uh, key value in using the Enneagram for our own personal growth. And so we will be using examples from our own life, certainly partly sometimes because they're just uh, probably the most vivid examples because we're living them, Uh, but also from our, our friendship and our business partnership. Right, Uh, and so I think that that will be an ingredient going forward in the podcast.
1: And this doesn't mean that we, you, and I are uh, evolved or totally evolved. No, far from it. (laughs) Far uh, from it. Maybe maybe we'll help our our uh, audience here at. This uh, of this podcast by sharing a little bit of our flaws.
0: Yes, or, or a lot. <laughs> um, and, and again, I think the enneagram more than anything else is is helpful in looking at the shadow, which mm. can't always be easy. But do if, you have shadows, me? Oh, me? Yes, of course. And, and do you think I have shadows? I think we all have shadows. <laughs> but it helps to I it, do a lot. It helps w- w- if we're looking at them together with each other, because then mm. we know we're not alone.
1: We cannot do this work alone, as Gurdjieff said. And, uh, you know, having other people giving us feedback and even groups, self-development groups, is very, very useful, sometimes essential.
0: So why don't we say a little bit about our vision for the podcast and maybe preview some upcoming topics?
1: What is your vision for our podcast, Be Chestnut?
0: Well, I think it's um, a way of taking the work that we're doing in workshops and retreats and in you know, the online content that we're developing and communicating it in a different way to hopefully a wider audience and having some interesting discussions about Enneagram theory, Enneagram applications, uh, about how to understand this remarkable system. Uh, we'll also have some interviews with some thought leaders in the Enneagram world. Um, and uh, we'll talk about, uh, I think, some really interesting topics. What, before we get to the topics, what, what's your vision? What would you add to what I'm saying?
1: Um, I'd say it's, it's our contribution to engage more interesting people on the whole discussion about self-development uh, using the Enneagram. Enneagram. And then, as you mentioned now and a little before, uh, we have Chestnut Pies Online, CP Online, that uh, came from another project, Mundo Enneagramma. and that is an online platform with lots of content that people might want to check uh, check in. Uh, check. Check out. Check out. Yeah, thanks for correcting my English. You
0: know, beaches. I'm always hesitant to correct your English because it seems a little bit like I'm being critical and I'm in awe of you because you speak three language and I three languages and I only speak one language.
1: So. Yeah, but yet you have fun at times listening to me.
0: Well, I do. Uh, I do find it a little bit entertaining the way you phrase things, but I find it kind of cute. And so that's uh, another reason it's hard to correct you because. But
1: I really appreciate if you do, because. I like learning as a social fire right. Okay. right. But back to CP online, uh we have lo- a lot of content in there both by you and by me. Uh and um yeah, so that is our way to build community and to bring people together to deep learning, but it all starts with this podcast and also our YouTube channel with uh, several uh, introductory materials, although this podcast is both for beginners and for more advanced uh, students.
0: Yeah, our goal is to have conversations with each other, with other people uh, that uh, are engaging and enlivening and that really deepen people's interest in the Enneagram and help them take what they're doing to a deeper level. So some of the Some of the upcoming topics that we might cover, I think we're gonna start off with some of the basics of Enneagram theory in case people are learning the Enneagram through this podcast for the first time or they're new to the Enneagram. But again, we'll always be trying to do it in a way where we're adding something new or we're adding more depth. But we'll start off talking about the three centers of intelligence, the fact that we're three brained beings, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we'll talk about the nine types, and then we'll talk about the instinct level of of personality, and we'll talk about the subtypes. We'll talk about relationships, like how the Enneagram can really help improve your relationship, Um, and we all want that to happen. We all want better relationships. Uh, and we'll talk about the enneagram and the and the Myers Briggs, which I know a lot of people are interested in. What what other kinds of things uh, d- will we share with people?
1: I think different applications, you know, in life at work, um, and also the dimension of essence, our higher selves, and uh, who we really are yes. when we we you know just. Um, lower down the energy of personality itself
0: yes that's one of the things you've taught me is that when we really develop and we really grow we're actually the opposite of who we are in personality which is why i think some of the stereotypes that get developed around the enneagram types can be a bit dangerous because it's almost like it locks people in Mm -hmm. to a lower level of consciousness And it can discourage real growth, that when people start to change, they actually become very different. Mm -hmm. Of course, change can be difficult, but it's definitely very possible, especially when you're using the Enneagram map in the way
1: it can be used. And this is why you and I have uh, our model of levels of awareness uh, as something very central.
0: And that's very new that we'll be sharing at some point soon. Yes. because I think people will be very excited about that. It's based on the Enneagram itself. Uh, we're gonna end each uh, podcast with a top five list, and you and I, this was your idea, your brainchild, so why don't you describe what the top five is, and then we'll we'll do our top five for today.
1: Yeah, so top five. Top five for us, B, is a way to share ideas of top five anything Enneagram. So, So we might want to say the happiest uh, types or subtypes (laughs) or the ones who are more, uh, have more uh, melancholy or anger. anger. Yeah, we'll we'll talk, we'll have a top five uh, for each podcast. But, um, and and then the idea, because I like to tease you, as you know, you like order, (laughs) planning and I'm not as much like that. He loves to spring things on me right in the moment when I'm least
0: expecting it.
1: <laughs> and uh, this is because of our instinct and subtypes, not our types, as uh, we'll share some other time. Now, this is why I suggested uh, that we don't talk about what we think the top five is. We agree beforehand on a theme, a top five theme. And then you think about it, I think about it, and then we contrast life. So right now, I don't know what your answers are about the top five, but what is the top five today, B? And I don't know what your answers are either. So today,
0: we are going to talk about the top five things that excite us about this podcast.
1: Ah, good. The
0: top, ty- top five reasons we're excited about launching this new podcast, Enneagram 2.0. So so do you want to go first or should
1: I? I think you could go first. So what is five? So number
0: five for me is that I love talking about the Enneagram. I could talk about it really all day. Sometimes people uh, ask me about the Enneagram at parties and then they apologize immediately saying, oh, you probably don't want to talk about the Enneagram. You talk about that all the time. And then I immediately say, actually, I could talk about the Enneagram all day and not get tired of it. So I love talking about the Enneagram. Yeah, good enough. What about you? What's your number five?
1: My number five is that uh, doing this podcast is a cool new thing for me. You know, I'm learning some technology aspects of it and different things while I talk with you. So it's about learning and learning is one of the most important things in my life. I don't know why. Why do you think? Because it's... you're a social five. Ah, okay. Yes. So what's number four for you? B? Number
0: four is that it's another way to express my passion and my very deep dedication to personal growth work. Uh, it's a way to reach more people, to wake up more people and basically to promote higher consciousness in the world, which is kind of what my, I, I see maybe as my higher mission. Is that if each of us individually is making an effort to uh, have higher consciousness, to become more self-aware, it makes the whole world more conscious.
1: Mm-hmm. Love it. My number four is that through the podcast, it becomes more possible to spread the word of the Enneagram all around the world, uh, because you and I uh, decided to be really international and teach in all continents, as we are doing right now already. Uh, But also spreading the word of the Enneagram in different facets of this uh, system, Uh, different aspects and dimensions of it, it really excites me.
0: Yes. That's a good
1: one. Number three. Number three.
0: So I'm excited to share some of what we do and what we're learning from doing our live workshops and retreats. Recently, I realized a lot of what we do and trying to help people use the Enneagram and their personal growth when we work uh, with people directly in person is we're really often healing traumas. We're helping people understand how their Enneagram type as a defensive structure has really helped them cope and survive, but also has shielded them from really addressing some traumas and that if they can really face uh, some of their core wounds and difficulties, Uh, They can experience enormous healing and liberation. They can really uh, have less stress and anxiety in their lives and all the different things that we've learned about the Enneagram and the human growth process. I'm excited to bring that to a wider audience and help people see just all the different things that the Enneagram can do uh, as a tool.
1: Right, yeah, well put. My number three is... Uh, that I'm doing this with you, (laughs) B. It's fun. And it's much nicer to do it with you than alone.
0: Oh, that's only number three. (laughs) (laughs) You see how this might get us in trouble?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I guess I now know what's two or one for you. And we'll talk about that later. But it's top three, see it? For me, it's really exciting that I'm doing this with you.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: What's your number two?
0: <laughs> I might get mad at you when I get to my number one, though. Oh my. Okay. For me, number two is I'm excited about uh, building a wider community. Um, one of the things I love about the Enneagram is that I meet amazing people through the Enneagram at yeah, conferences definitely. and people that come to our workshops and trainings and just people who love the Enneagram are usually people who are really interesting and, and very deep and just uh, dedicated to their own growth and development. and so. Uh, I'm always excited about the people I meet, and I'm really happy to be building a wider community of people who are studying Enneagram in really positive ways.
1: Well, yes, and for me, my number two is that um, it feels like we are doing something good for the planet today. Um, the planet is so much in need. and. Um, You know, dedicating some time to do that, this, and using this amazing system that the Enneagram is, makes me feel good and like doing a little part in, uh, you know, that we can do.
0: Right. So my number one. I'm a little sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know I'm not offended that you put the planet above me that's okay (laughs) but my number one is that I love talking to you and uh, I love working with you and I love uh, partnering with you and this important work we do Mm. and so I think it's going to be fun um, for us to have very focused conversations on things that we important things we want to share with people
1: I love it to be yeah it will be a pleasure as it is a big pleasure to teach uh, together with you we have a lot of fun and we have so many stories to tell, you know, not, <laughs> so, not all of them we can talk about. And, <laughs> yes. and
0: some that are a little painful, <laughs>
1: yes. um, but it's but, all about the growth journey. Exactly. And my number one, uh, you know, it's something I've been learning, um, in the past I would switch the my number one and two. So even more important than the planet to me. Is an individual linear transformation for for you who's listening to us, mm. um, but in a way that um, we talk enneagram of transformation and not the enneagram of labeling people, in whatever personality they have. Right. This is what excites me the most. Uh, like, uh, you know sharing with people how the Enneagram is a developmental tool and sometimes we say it's not only horizontal, it's also vertical in levels of awareness and how this can be our life's work, you know, the work, as Gurdjieff used to say, inner transformation and always the very best thing each of us can do for the planet is our very own inner work.
0: Right. And and I think we're going to bring new ideas to to you listening about how exactly to do this inner work and and hopefully new ideas, new examples, uh, new applications. And it is about the work and it does start with you. So uh, when each of us are doing our work, it has a way of inspiring all the people around us. So I like that one. And, and, and I won't be offended that you put the planet and, and the listener. Thank uh, you. You're doing your work. Yes. By saying that. <laughs> yes. And I'm working on the pride of the two of not okay. having to be number one.
1: Yes, and how, you made me think if I'm still uh, too much in my abstractions as uh, the social partner. Instead <laughs> See how of everything
0: moment. is is, is, uh, is material for the inner growth process. Yes, yes. <laughs> Even yes. the top five.
1: <laughs> so this is why I can't wait for the next podcast. Being-
0: yes. Okay, so that does it for this podcast. And uh, we're really glad you joined us. Uh, We're very excited to be starting this this new endeavor, and we hope you join us for our coming episodes. So this has been the Enneagram 2.0 podcast. I'm Beatrice Chestnut.
1: I am Uranio Pais.
0: Join us again next time as we talk about all things Enneagram.
1: Thank you for listening.